is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. With me in the studio is the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. His name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Awesome. Thanks for joining me again as we uh, uh, go into what we were talking about last week. Uh, this is the second in the series of mm. Why Should I Leave My Church? Yeah. And uh, this is going. He's going to ask. We're going to talk about the second question that I was asking last week, which is, why should I stay at my church? Yeah. And um, actually, we started to get into that a little bit. We started to get into yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, but, we did, didn't you know, we? Yeah. Without even knowing it. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm actually waiting for. <laughs> I'm actually waiting for like you to do like you know like like points like you know purposeful or uh patriotic or periodical like you know you how you do all like with and p is i don't know if you noticed this but p is usually your favorite letter to yeah. use when you go down and you do points yeah so yeah it's, it's usually your favorite letter so i was waiting for something like that but you know you I try do, not to preach on the podcast well it, it's it's welcomed how about yeah, that there you go there <laughs> so, you go but uh yeah if you did not listen to last week's uh podcast uh it's called uh why should I leave my church? Uh, and it's part one uh, of a two-part series, which is this. This is the second one. And uh, once again, stay tuned at the very end of the podcast. I do have a special announcement for you all. So let's get into it. Um, so can you give like an overview yeah. quickly of what yeah. we talked about last week? Yep, I think I can. Um, okay. You were talking about, you gave us that uh, example of somebody who's making some uh, ridiculous, ungodly claims about people needing to leave their church because it's not what it's not black enough, or yeah, you know, the racist. black voices weren't being yeah, uh, yeah heard exalted, and, and yeah. black blackness not being lifted up, and mm-hmm. all this foolishness that's uh, nothing but nonsense, and um, that's never a reason to leave the church. Um, you could have a church that's that is racist. Obviously, that would be a reason to leave the church because that would be an ungodly church. Mm-hmm. So what we talked about was really, if you're going to leave a church, it all comes down really to one thing, and that is, is the word of God the pillar and buttress of the church? Is it mm-hmm. the foundation? Is it the is it the mission to to know the word and make it known? Mm-hmm. Is it the mission to declare the word and to defend the word? It always it all comes down to the scriptures. That's the whole point of the church, right? The church is about what evangelizing with the scriptures and discipling through the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? And so the scriptures are the it, it, it's the common link right? That holds the chain of the church together. Mm -hmm. And if you take the scriptures out, you can't evangelize, you can't disciple, you can't feed, you can't grow, you can't protect, you can't provide, you can't do all the things the church is called to do. And so um, it really comes down to that. Because if the scriptures are there and the scriptures are being taught, the scriptures are being heralded, the scriptures are being, um, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, defended Mm -hmm. in light of the lies and errors of our world, um, then, then you have every reason to stay in the church. Um, but if they, if the scriptures go, you must go. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's that clear. Now, it sometimes it's a it's a slide, right? The scriptures uh, aren't often taken out of the church all at once, mm-hmm. right? Usually, it starts with the music. We talked about that, mm-hmm. and it's a subtle slide. And eventually, but when the pulpit goes, when the pulpit is removed, i.e., the scriptures are taken out. And it's replaced with a TED talk. It's replaced with a with a uh, a pep rally. It's replaced with a a um, 
uh, psychologized pop speech, right? Mm. Which is pretty much what we have. Which, yeah. which uh, when I say that, I'm talking about how to make your life better. Mm-hmm. That's pop psychology, where I'm just here to help you be a better you. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means, <laughs> but that's the kind of the catchphrases and the kind of the the ideology that has replaced biblical theology. That's when you know the Bible is gone, right? Now you may be in a weak church, you may be in an anemic church, you may be in a in an immature church, I would say that's most churches are in mm-hmm. that sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it gets harder to discern what do I do mm-hmm. if I'm at a church where the word is still there, but it's not there as a core conviction. Well, you, that's when you really have to wrestle and you need wisdom. Do you stay to try to encourage that church and help that church to, to uh, uh, for lack of a better word, root itself in the truth? Or do you go? Most of the time you need to go, mm-hmm. honestly. Life's too short to be in a in a um, shall I say shallow church. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Life's too dangerous. Life's too short. Mm-hmm. You don't need that. Your family doesn't need it. Your wife doesn't need it. Your kids don't. You're hurting them. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in a leadership position, again, that's going to be few people. But if you are, well, then you got to fight for truth. You got to you got to push for truth. You got to you got to root down in truth. And and if you're gaining some momentum and you're gain, getting some. Uh, some things accomplished in that, well then praise the Lord. That's why you're there. That's, mm-hmm. that's your whole point. You're, but if you're getting pushback and you're getting uh, people fighting you on that, then uh, you probably need to leave as well. Yeah. Right. And so the preaching of the word, this is, this, this goes often unnoticed and unbe- unbelieved, right? Mm-hmm. The preaching of God's word is the greatest means of grace right? So this is a subset of what I said at the end of the podcast last time. I said the church, the centrality of the church is one of the greatest priorities, should be one of the greatest priorities in our life, because it's through the church that the Lord's greatest blessings come upon the believer, Mm -hmm. okay? And that is is always through the avenue of the public preaching of the word. Mm -hmm. The public preaching of the word is is the greatest means of grace for your maturation. Mm-hmm. Maturation being just a fancy word of saying your growth in Christ likeness. That's the whole reason you were saved. You were saved to become like Christ. You were saved to help others become like Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, the greatest means for doing that is the preaching of the word. Everything else, all of the individual Bible studies, prayer, all of those things feed off of that. It's the mm-hmm. preaching of the word that grounds you, that guards you, and girds you, right? Mm-hmm. Even, here's another G. I'm giving you your sermon. <laughs> it goads you, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. That provokes. Mm-hmm. That's what that word means. It pushes you. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like at our church, it's the pulpit that drives everything. Mm-hmm. Drives every every ministry feeds off of that. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's supposed to be because that's what God's word shows us. That's why the exhortation is clear. Preach the word in season, out of season. It's the word that drives the pulpit. That's why the elder, Titus 1.9, is what? He's to, he's to hold on to the word of God in Titus 1.9 with white knuckle clutched hands. Nothing can pry the word of God out of his hands. You, I think it was what Smith & Wesson had that sticker that said you can pry my my gun off the my dead burly hands or whatever mm-hmm. you know that's the that's the elder's cry when it comes to the word of god mm-hmm. you can't pull him apart from it he holds on to that tenaciously mm-hmm. he holds on to the truth with great tenacity and so uh, that's what you want and it, and if you're in a church that doesn't have that then you need to consider leaving now if you're in a church that's trying to reform 
as ours has been for six years, then by all means, stay, support, love them, encourage them, pray for them, and help them. But if you're in a church that's going like most churches are now, falling more into the way of the world, then you you need to go, and you need to go quickly. And you don't want to be caught in the... It's a vortex, Mm -hmm. right? You know what a vortex is. It's like a force field Mm -hmm. that sucks you in, and it will pull you into worldliness, and you, you don't want anything to do with that. You want to run for truth mm-hmm. and look for it find it move if you have to to get it because as the as the scriptures say it's more precious than gold definitely M- much Psalm 19 yes much refined gold you do all you can to find a, a context a community by which you can be saturated in the scriptures be the best decision you ever made in your life mm-hmm. that's how important it is mm-hmm. you know also i want to add to that is uh this uh, i was i was watching uh, a, a, sh- a tv show the other day or something and it was a wildlife tv show and like uh, one of these yeah so it was a lion out in the wild and i always think of that when it comes to church because you were talking last time about uh the 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 got Wayne Mack is that his yes, name? Yes. Uh, the comment that he was making, uh, it, you know, the, he said that uh, trying to grow as a believer, grow as a believer, is outside like trying, outside out, the church, right, is like trying to swim without water. Yeah, and I thought about it when a lion is out in the wild. He always goes for the youngest that's separated from the yeah. pack. Yeah. And if you're separated from the pack, that's when the lion can attack. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when it comes down to it, it's like, you know, one, there are a lot of people that, that feel as if they can do, you know, do life without church. Oh, yeah. And also, um, uh, I would almost say that <laughs> it's very easy for the lion to attack if you have nothing but uh, small uh, small animals in that pack that aren't yeah. strong enough oh, yeah. to fight off Easy that prey. lion. Yeah. Easy prey. You know, a lot of those people um, will be unbelievers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the marks of a true believer is love for the church mm-hmm. and a desire to be with the church because of an utter dependence upon the Lord, right? That's Never forget this. The gospel always uh, drives you to humility. We're never fully humbled. We're always in the journey of being humbled right? That's how it works. That's Christ-likeness. And so God is always humbling us, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the the sad reality, I think Charles Spurgeon used to talk about this, there are men, there are men who are humbled but aren't humble. Mm. And that's a real problem, yeah. right? And so, so you can see that in the realm of that person that says, ah, I can do this on my own. Oftentimes that's a mark of an unbeliever, mm-hmm. right? You, you, he's, he's the lone ranger. He's the, he's the do it himself. Now, um, that reality comes up a lot, comes up a lot. And that is often a mark of an unbeliever because why it's pride, pride that says I can do this myself. Mm. You can't, are you kidding me? And nobody, nobody can live the Christian life themselves. That's Mm -hmm. the whole point. So salvation is all about dependence Mm -hmm. and it's us submitting to depending upon Christ for everything. That's Mm -hmm. the whole point of salvation. But we don't stop. We live the rest of our lives depending upon him, depending on the means of grace he's given to us to grow us, to protect us, Mm -hmm. to feed us. And and that all comes through primarily through the avenue of the local church. That's why local church is so important for your life. It is the most underrated blessing upon the planet. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, a godly church, a faithful church, and they're all, they're all imperfect, right? Because we're filled with sinners, 
the pastor being the first and foremost, right? Mm -hmm. We understand that. But that being aside, the reality of a God-honoring church that's seeking to submit to the Scriptures, defend the Scriptures, everything we've already said, that is the most blessed plan the the most blessed place on the planet mm-hmm. is the local church mm-hmm. it is the most privileged people on the planet mm-hmm. is a community of christ followers oh you're talking about privilege they, watch out <laughs> it is the most privileged place on the it is yeah. in a biblical sense there is nobody more privileged mm-hmm. right than a local gathering of the body of christ mm-hmm. who love one another who feed uh, on god's word who sacrifice for one another who mm-hmm. who give of themselves regularly i mean i mean there's nothing like it it is it is glorious it is beautiful and here's here's what's amazing everything the social justice critical race theory warriors and all of this hoopla right all of this white noise Okay, that's going on in our culture. Mm. Everything they want, right, in their hearts, because I think there's a legitimate behind the scenes. There's a, le- a legitimate reality that they're they're missing. They know it. They know that there there is a lot there that 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 they're not getting. And everything can be found in the gospel as displayed in a faithful local church, mm. right? Um, was just working on my preaching calendar through the into the fall working ahead trying to figure out how we're going to map this out it's always a fun task for me it's, it, it, well you can map all you want yeah it, i do i map it and i'm constantly moving it yeah. right and so anyway it's funny sermons i had planned on preaching in the beginning of may are already at the middle of june mm-hmm. that's how it works yep. but it's 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 a fun exercise it keeps me on track in some level but i was i was looking at that text in in uh, mark 10 that's coming up after the rich young ruler mm-hmm. and he talks about that beautiful reality that he that's left houses and homes and families and friends and even children right for the sake of the gospel mm-hmm. will receive a hundredfold in this life and more to come mm-hmm. and it's that beauty of of uh, what the body of Christ becomes as you embrace the gospel and find yourself in a in a in a loving local church, it is one of the greatest privileges, and I use that term specifically, mm-hmm. privileges on the planet. Mm-hmm. There's no comparison with it. And uh, that's why Charles Spurgeon used to say, the church of Jesus Christ is the most precious, the most precious institution in the universe. And mm-hmm. it is. I mean, obviously, Christ died for it. Mm-hmm. And the local church is a manifestation of that, is a slice and a manifestation of that universal church. So you can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. yeah. So we talked a little bit about that last time. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. Well, you're talking a lot about it now. So well, because, I'm just listening. Well, I'm feeding into your second question mm-hmm. now because you said, why should I stay? Mm-hmm. Right? So my point that I'm making is, you should stay because one, you're commanded to stay, mm-hmm. right? You're commanded, Hebrews 10, you're commanded to regularly assemble in the public gathering of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Do not forsake the assembling together as some have, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we're commanded to do that. We're commanded to gather. There are about 58 or 59 commands in scripture that all have this uh description to them it's mm-hmm. all they're called the one another's mm-hmm. love one another serve one another admonish one another encourage one another protect one another uh, exhort one another serve one another. all these one another's the context in the scriptures of just about every one of those one another's is the local church mm-hmm. matter of fact 
I, I, I say and, and when I've preached on that, it's like, how do you do that outside of the local church? Does that mean I'm going to, I'm held responsible to love all the Christians around me that I don't even know? Mm. How do I go find them? How mm-hmm. do I, what do I do with, I mean, because we're all given those commands. Take Romans 12, almost, what is it, 20, 20 plus verses there. Almost every verse has multiple commands in it, and most of them are one another's. Mm-hmm. How do I fulfill those if I'm a lone ranger disconnected from a local body? I can't. Mm-hmm. So now I'm I'm like I'm like building sin upon sin upon sin. Right. But right. when I'm in a local a body, um, I can fulfill those commands. And I know I'm commanded to submit to leadership. I mean, the Bible commands that multiple times. Well, if I'm not part of a local body, how am I submitting to leadership? Well, I'm not. Ephesians four is a really good passage. It's it's I've I've got a list of about, I don't know, 10 to 15 passages in the New Testament that are what I call um, anchor passages. Mm-hmm. They're passages that are meant to root the church, especially the leadership of the church, where the church then builds its philosophy of ministry. What is that? That just is, that's like guardrails on a church that keeps it within its lane as divine, d- divinely designed by God. This f- a philosophy of ministry is like bumpers, right, that keeps you going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And you, without that, you get pulled into the world or you pull the world into the church. Mm-hmm. So the philosophy of ministry is like building a, a, a divine scriptural fence around your church. And mm-hmm. so you you devise or, or you um, design a philosophy of ministry out of the scriptures, and there's a number of passages that, that do that. And Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 is one of those passages. It's key. It's foundation. It's one of the most important. And Ephesians 4, 11. 4, 10 yeah, 4, is 11, gave some to yes, be apostles, yes, right? Yes, yes. So for the equipping of the saints for right. the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what did he give those to? What's that whole? It's He's giving them to the church. Is there a four after that? Yes, he's giving. <laughs> it's multiple. He gives yep. them. He gives the apostles and prophets as the what? The foundation of the church. Then he gives what? The evangelists, the teachers, and the shepherds for the edification of the church, mm-hmm. right? The whole context is the church. So the shepherd, pastor, teachers are in the church. They're given to the church for the purpose of strengthening, maturing, edifying the church, the, the individual Christians who unite into this local body oh. so that they might mature, so that they might grow in stature and into the measure and stature, which is Christ likeness. That passage is huge. That's why you have to be in a church because right. apart from that, how do you grow? Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. All you do is listen to your own voice yeah. that keeps telling you you're doing really good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, how do you know that? You're, you become the standard, mm-hmm. and I've seen this happen all the time. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, no, you have to stay because it's commanded. You have to stay because it's part of God's plan for your maturation, mm-hmm. right? You have to stay because um, it's also not only part of God's plan for your maturation, but it's part of God's plan for your duplication, that's what discipleship really is, mm-hmm. right? It's it's one believer becoming two believers, becoming four believers, becoming eight believers. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. It's multiplication, right? Not addition, right? And that's the beauty. It's not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals two. It's two times two equals four. It's four times four equals 16. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Because once you raise up that one, then you're raising him up so he might go get another and he might go get another. And that's mm-hmm. the whole point. Well, where is the context of that? the local church. Yeah. You've got to live that out. We're called 
It's twofold. We're commanded to be discipled, Ephesians 4, Matthew 28, Mm -hmm. and we're commanded to disciple, first Matthew 28 and uh, 2 Timothy 2, 2, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, so this reality, Titus 2, we're commanded to train up the older and the younger, Mm -hmm. right? And so... So why stay in a local church? Well, how are you going to disciple? Where are you going to disciple? Who are you going to disciple? You know, how does that work? And so that's all within the context of the local church, mm-hmm. the life of the local church. I'm not talking about the, the building. I'm not talking about the structure. I'm talking about the life, right, where this is, this, these are the people you have married. These are the people you've covenanted with. Mm-hmm. This is your family. That's why the Bible's called what? A family. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called a body. That's why it's called all these all these um, family metaphors, right? A house. This is the house you live in. This is the context mm-hmm. by which you grow. So you're commanded. It is part of your maturation. It's part of your duplication, right? It's part of, uh, of your uh, evangelism. Not mm-hmm. only discipleship, you're commanded to evangelize. Well, there's many ways to do that, and there's many ways we're called to do that. But one is not just local. What about global? We got a part in that. We got to mm-hmm. be a part of it. How are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. How are you? How are you going to take the gospel, Mister Individual? How are you going to take the gospel to right. Africa? Mm-hmm. Right? You, you, uh, this is why you stay mm-hmm. because this is your job is to give and pray and invest in in the mission of the church so that that church can send the gospel not just in its community but to the world. Well, the, I mean, it needs individuals who commit to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously. You, you stay in a local church because at the end of the day, you, your life is about one thing and one thing alone, submission. Submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And one of the greatest ways you submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is by submitting to his church, mm-hmm. right? He's the Lord of the church. There's only one pastor, and it's Christ. He mm-hmm. is the shepherd. And so you live your life in submission, which is nothing more than you live your life in yielded obedience to what he said. That's why you stay in the church, because this is, he died for the church. He's given the church. The church is the ultimate, listen, let me, let me, let me put it like this, okay? You asked the question, why would I stay in the church? Because there's one thing that Jesus is doing in this world. One, What's that? he's building his church. Hmm. That's what he's doing. Now, obviously, He's sovereign and he's working out things and doing, but there's really one ultimate positive thing he is doing. Matthew 16, he is building his church through evangelism, through discipleship, through global proclamation, through all these things. He is building up his glorious church. He's adding to it day after day. He's maturing it day after day, strengthening it, spreading it, um, grounding it, rooting it, all of that. That's why you stay. This is the thing that Christ cares most about. This is his eternal plan. Ephesians 3 makes that clear. This was the mystery hidden in the past, but now revealed. This is the eternal uh, conduit by by which God will be glorified for all the ages will be his church. That's why you stay. Because if you're if if you're not, then what are you doing? Whatever it is you're doing, you're not doing what Christ has called you to do, and you're not part of what Christ is doing. Mm-hmm. He's not part of individual things. He's part of the church. He's moving in the church, through the church, about the church. That's why he died for it. That's why he gave us the book that maps it out. And so this, the church is no small matter. The church is is the main thing mm-hmm. by way of the gospel that goes out from the church and the discipleship that happens through the church, and then you ultimately stay because the glory of God, because you want to glorify God, 
and you glorify God as you follow the Word of God. And the Word of God has told us this is God's mission, this is God's plan, this is what we do. We live in a culture and a time of individualism, and that individualism has been one of the greatest blights on the church, where we are our own ships, our own captains. It's all about us. We live in a country that's <laughs> celebrates Individualism Day, Independence Day, right? Mm-hmm. We hold it up high. That's why it's in part why we have this, this uh, shall I say, riotous culture, because everybody wants their own way, right? We're a bunch of, of we've been plagued by victimhood because we think somehow that everybody deserves their own rights. Listen, there's only one who deserves what is right, and that's God. We're here. We exist for him. We live for him. And submitting myself to Christ in the life of the local church is how I show that I am living for him. This is his plan. This is his glory. This is his mission. And I am giving my all to him. And that's why. That's why you stay, Hmm. obviously. And you stay. Let me get really practical. You stay because you love your wife and kids. Hmm. Greatest thing you can do for your wife and kids is to stay in a scripturally laden church. Greatest thing you can do for your wife and kids is get out of a scripturally devoid church. Mm-hmm. That's what matters most. Greatest blessings in the world is to have your children raised in a sound church. One of the greatest, saddest realities of parental abuse is to have your children in a church that's not scripturally sound, that's not teaching them God's word, that's teaching them lies. Mm-hmm. That you don't want to do that. You don't want to be a part of that. You're setting them up for disaster. Mm-hmm. for disaster there's also this um and i know this for a fact because this is you know part of what i've experienced i mean it's, it's like a false hope it's like this false hope of like hey do good so that god can reward you it's false gospel yeah which I brings mean, false hope yeah which brings false assurance absolutely which brings a false heaven mm-hmm. that turns into a real hell in yeah. the end mm-hmm. and and it, how many children have that yeah and there there are people that i know personally that are struggling with their you know, struggling as a parent, because instead of using, you know, scripture and to, to convict themselves, yes. you know, and then teaching it to their children, yeah. you know, their children don't have this mindset that, you know, I liked it when you, I like when you're talking about, uh, uh, your oldest son, and you, you were you you put your hand over Absolutely. your eyes, and you're like, God is watching. I told him this morning. Yeah, it's it's not about like me and 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 my my authority over you. It's like I'm pointing to a to the authority. Yeah. At the know? end of the day, their life their life will not answer to you. Yeah. Their life will answer to the life giver, mm-hmm. their creator, and they need to be told that. They need to be they need to be shown that, and they need to hear that, not just from their mom and dad. They need to hear it from everybody around mm-hmm. them. You need to build a sphere of influence around your family where everybody is saying the same thing from the same book to the same God. Mm-hmm. That's that's what faithful parenting is. I can't do this alone. Remember what I said, dependence. Mm-hmm. I depend on you and your and Beverly and your kids and 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 Neil and Jenny and their kids and Marty and Joni and their kids and all mm-hmm. these other people in our church. Right. We're all in this together Mm -hmm. and we need each other. And and I am utterly dependent on the fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that we encourage one another. I need them in my life. I need them in my children's life and I need to be in their life. Again, we're commanded to do that. That's why I stay in a church, not only because I need them, but they need me. Right. First Corinthians 12, Romans 12. We're one body. Many members Mm -hmm. all have the same value. There you go. There, that'll that'll kill critical race theory. 
That'll shut it down, this whole idea that one's better than the other. The eye can't say to the toe. The finger can't say to the ear. I mean, we're all, we're all blessed in the Lord, and we're all important, and we all play a part. And, and for me to somehow say, well, they don't need me, again, you're totally oblivious to what the Bible says. I tell people that all the time. When I talk and they're coming here, I say, you know, we need you. People are like, what, what, what do you mean? I'm like, yes, you're part of the body. Like, like God has given you gifts. God mm-hmm. has given you passions and desires and an understanding. You need to grow and you need to come and grow in these things because we need you. Mm-hmm. This body needs you to be all that you can be so that we can be all that we can be. Mm-hmm. And people will say, I've never heard that before. I'm like, well, here, let's open to 1 Corinthians 12. I'll show it to you. It's mm-hmm. right there. Or Romans 12. I'll show it to you there. I mean, it's 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 this is how it's supposed to be. And what a blessing the body of Christ is. Yes, we're imperfect. Yes, we're maturing, as you said earlier in the last podcast. Yes, we're reforming. I love that. Mm -hmm. We are. We'll never stop doing that because that's the work of maturation that God has saved us for and equipped us to through the leadership of the church as they submit to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. That's what we're about. That's what every sound church is about, be it imperfectly. And yet that's what every individual believer desperately needs Mm -hmm. more than they even know i can tell you i grow in my conviction and necessity of the local church more and more every day as i grow in my understanding of the word i every year i go by i just realize how precious how beautiful and how privileged i am to be a part of a local church that loves god's word Mm -hmm. and it gives me more tenacity to preach the word and defend the word that our church might remain that so that we would be a lighthouse amidst this crooked and perverse generation that Paul talks about in Philippians 2, that we would be like sending that light out like the lighthouse does. Mm -hmm. And just for what? That the Lord would draw his elect, Mm -hmm. those whom he has chosen, he will draw into his church at just the right time as when he says, and he opens those doors, our job, just keep sending the light. Just keep holding the light. That's the pillar and buttress of truth. Just keep declaring. Let it go out through YouTube. Let it go out through where whatever avenue we can. Just keep sending it out. And, of course, let it go out through our lives as we live in our community and love one another. And, man, the Lord will do his work. A couple of weeks ago, you were preaching um, about— See, you uh, got me preaching. Yeah. See, I wasn't supposed to do uh, dude, that. I'm, I'm not going to stop you. I'm just yeah. going to keep going. And I'm about to, about to add some more— uh, G's? <laughs> I will put you in the key of G's. You keep playing around. <laughs> Bring out the habit organ. But uh, <laughs> Mark uh, Mark 9, yeah. um, you were uh, preaching about Mark 9, uh, and 9 verses 30 through 32. Mm. And one of the things that you were saying in that— uh, uh, it, it struck me. You said, but they didn't, uh, the, uh, Mark nine chapter, Mark chapter nine, verse 32, yep. uh, says, uh, but they did not understand the saying yep. and was afraid to ask him. Oh man. You know, when, what, what struck me That'll about preach. that? Yeah, that it did. It, <laughs> it, it, it probably preach again. Um, but one thing oh, that man. struck me, one of the things that you said in that sermon was that, uh, a lot of people, a lot of churches don't like to bring up, and you just said it a couple of times. I think you want like being controversial. Uh, you mentioned the doctrine <laughs> of election. Yes. You also uh, mentioned sin in that sermon yes. uh, multiple times where, you know, in the text, the text does not say sin at all. 
Like yeah. nowhere in that it says sin. No. Um, it does say it's you know they're going to be killed at the hands. You know the Son of Man is going yep. to be delivered into the hands of men, and they yep. will kill him. And yep. when he is killed, yep. you mentioned that you didn't yeah. mention specifically sin. Yeah. The, I mean the, the text doesn't mention specifically sin, but you did mention sin. Oh yeah, a lot. So yeah. So the thing about it is, it's like as I look at it, it's like if your church is preaching about sin. Oh yeah. And not just sin, you know, and going back to the first points that we were making of uh you being in a body of believers yeah. that is you know, you know that in encouraging you to fight that sin as well. Yeah. yeah. Um you know to repent of that sin to uh you know allow Christ to sanctify you like if they're not preaching about that then that's definitely a church you want to disassociate with. Oh my. But also uh, if they are preaching about that, you yeah. need to you need to put on your seatbelt. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, you're you're spot on. And and there's a number of doctrines and and uh, theological conundrums that the church avoids. That's kind of what I think the point I was bringing up in that sermon. That mm-hmm. you know, as individuals and as churches, we understand soap the soapboxes. And uh, no, no, let me rephrase that. We understand the Pandora's box, and we don't mm-hmm. want to open it. Right? Mm-hmm. Election's one of those. I'm not messing with that, right? That's how most people think. It's like, especially if they're more Arminian, non-Calvinistic, or whatever phrase you want to use, where they're more man-centered rather than God-centered, that would be the more accurate theological way to say it, because that's where those two spectrums are. One is more God-centered, one is more man-centered. And so if you're on the more man-centered realm of, of theology, when it comes to anything that even breathes of God's sovereignty, you're going to shy away from it. Mm-hmm. You you probably, if you're if you're a true believer, you're not going to deny it, but you're not gonna you're not going to want to grow in it. You're not going to want to uh, uh, understand it because it's going to shatter your system, mm-hmm. and you know that people know that, and so they just leave it alone. They just mm-hmm. say, yeah, we don't mess with that, yeah. right? And individuals in particular, right? And it's like no, because that's how I was raised. I don't want to talk about it because that's too much work, right? It's too hard to hear it. It's going to confront my system and my beliefs, and I'm just too tired. That's kind of what they were dealing with. It's like, you know what? This doesn't fit our scheme. This doesn't fit a a dead Messiah, a crucified Messiah, a a murdered Messiah does not fit our scheme. I can't put my arms around it. They understood what he was saying because Mm -hmm. uh, chapter 8, verse what, 31, proves that because when Christ said it earlier, what did Peter say? May it never be, Lord. Lord, this will never happen. What's Mm -hmm. wrong with you? They knew what he was saying. Mm -hmm. They just didn't want to listen to it because they didn't like what he was saying. It didn't fit their their paradigm for the Messiah, right? Well, so it is often in our lives. There's a lot of things the Bible says. We see it, and we know what it says. Mm -hmm. We just don't like it because it doesn't fit, right? Oh, what's I mean? I can't have sex with my with my girlfriend before I'm married. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that alone because I don't like what that says, mm-hmm. right? And so we cherry pick throughout the Bible, and we pick out these things, and it's like, no, I like that. But but that over there, complain? Oh, what's, I'm not complaining. What, the, do you, what do you mean you're not complaining? You've been whining ever since we got started this conversation. Yeah. You're complaining about this and this. You're complaining about the president. You're complaining about the vice president. You're complaining about everything. Mm-hmm. You're just complaining. That's called sin. No, I'm not complaining. Yes, you are. But see, yeah. we, we don't want to touch that stuff. Yeah, right? that's, that's like the church that preaches all the time about God's love, yeah, but never ever touches God's wrath. Yeah, well, you don't understand God's love apart from God's wrath, mm-hmm. right? And it's God's wrath that accentuates then the amazing love of God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Unless God's wrath is real, 
then God's love is at best just an emotion that you feel. Mm-hmm. And God's love is way more than an emotion. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but yeah, no, but you, you, you bring it out you helpfully. That reality of sin, that reality of election, sovereign grace, hell, mm-hmm. damnation, mm-hmm. propitiation, God's wrath, right? Personal sin, that's a big one right now. Sin is not personal. It's not a personal choice and act. It's an it's an ambiguous force that just kind of takes over you. It's mm-hmm. more of a cultural, uh, kind of like I said a minute ago, a cultural vortex that you get sucked into mm-hmm. to where you're almost not responsible, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're walking by the, the, uh, the liquor store and you go in and you buy a bottle of whiskey and now you're drunk and it's kind of like, ah, oh, man, I, I should have stayed away from this. That store just drew me in. That right? street. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and that's how people talk, and even pastors, mm-hmm. right? And it's just... It's like this uh, problem we all have to deal with, and it's and it's very ambiguous. It's like you know we're, we're we're we all deal with it. It's a problem, and and no no, it's a individual choice we all make. We're all rebels. We mm-hmm. all we all have chosen to 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 spit in the eye of God, and 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 to speak that way is to is to speak truth. But the world doesn't want to hear that, and. Sadly, churches don't want to bring that, but it's important. It's important, and you see Christ even here bringing that out. But you know what? There's a side to this I didn't bring out in the sermon, so I'm going to do it now because that's what the podcast is for. Are, are you are you going to preach? Is that what you're no, saying? No, I'm not going to preach. I, I think you should, though. No, I'm just I've saying. already done that, So, and I, I don't like to do that on the podcast, but you lured me in. Hey. But but it's interesting. In Luke 9, I think it's 945, it says, it says in that text that they were— um, I remember exactly how it says it, but it basically says they were kept from understanding these things. Mm. And there's a side to this that's beautiful. And what it what it is is, I believe, and that's not an easy uh, passage and even verse in this context to understand. Obviously, like I like I said, they knew what he was saying because Mark eight shows that. And obviously, they're dealing because the rest of the passage shows they're dealing with pride and arrogance. That's mm. what we're going to get into this week because they want to know who's the greatest and they're all fighting for position. And yet there's a side to God's sovereign grace that withheld them fully understanding the weight of what he was saying, mm-hmm. right? Fully understanding the depth of his crucifixion and, and loss that was coming mm-hmm. until that moment. And I think, I think even in that you see the sovereign grace of God protecting his own, right? And he does that with us. There are times even... In our own life, I've said this many times, if God unveiled the the wickedness of our heart all at once, it, it would kill us. Mm. We would die instantly because mm-hmm. it's so overwhelming. Yeah. We, are, we are that sinful. Most people do not understand how sinful they are. I would say all of us don't. But God in his grace reveals slowly over time throughout life the depth of our wickedness. And in correlation, he reveals the depth of his love, his mercy and grace. And that's how we grow. God is kind to not, I use the analogy of pull the shirt, shower curtain back on our hearts, right? Mm-hmm. To where he just pulls a little bit back and then by his grace, we work on it. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls a little bit more and we work on it. And then he, as he's pulling the shower curtain back, he's also pulling back to the curtain on Christ's glory. Mm-hmm. And we see him a little bit greater and the beauty of Christ while I'm seeing the depravity of me. And, and I keep growing in these things. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. It's glorious. It's great. 
But if he pulled them all back at once, it would overwhelm us. Yeah, It would overwhelm And that's kind of what's going on here. So there was a sense in which they were prohibited from fully understanding because they couldn't, they couldn't have handled it. And again, I just see in that, I just see in that the beauty of our God to bring us along, shepherd us patiently, lovingly, mm-hmm. and gently, and that is glorious. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wish you had a little bit more time. Uh, yeah, I didn't have. I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't have time. To, I didn't have time to bring that out, and so I do cut things out of the sermon, despite what most people will think. <laughs> <laughs> there, that's proof right there. I, did, I mean, it was a whole thing, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that go. Yeah, I'm gonna let that go. But that's that's what the podcast Amen. is for. Yeah, just yeah. to just to, just to give a little bit more of that. Uh, yeah. So um, I guess to at this point we need to just wrap up, kind of like your thoughts on uh, on 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 everything. So uh, you're saying that if you are in a church that uh, points to the Word, like the Word is the the central. Uh, foundation, and you're saying would, one of the words that you, or terms that you use, uh, the pulpit is what pushes. The, the pulpit is primary. Mm-hmm. The prime meaning the 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 preaching of the word mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Not the not the not the, the person. Not the person or the furniture. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You can have all kinds of furniture mm-hmm. items, whatever that is. I'm talking about that 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 institution within the institution. That yeah. that. Point that that is the primary that is the lifeblood of 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 a church is its pulpit is the preaching of God's word that's what mm-hmm. I, that's what I mean if that's not coming from from the pulpit then you very likely like as I said in the last podcast might not even have a church it mm-hmm. might be a church in name only yeah right yeah. but if you've got that and other areas are weak I'm gonna say you're gonna have a hard time leaving the church on a biblical basis mm-hmm. now you may approach the pastor and encourage him and find out ways to help him. And I would say, come alongside and encourage him and help him. And if the church continues to flounder in those other areas that, that also have, have vitality to it, like discipleship and evangelism, then you might need to, you might eventually need to go. But if that church has got the greatest youth group, the greatest children's ministry by way of events, right? Mm -hmm. It's got the state of the art children's check-in. It's got the greatest building. It looks immaculate. It's got this beautiful piece of property with a, with 12 slide, um, playground on it, man, with rubber mulch. It's got where the moms come together. It's got the mops group. It's got all these, mm-hmm. all these events that everybody looks for, like fast food church, right? What, yeah. the, what does this church do for me? If it has all of that and yet it has weak preaching, probably need to find another church. Better to find a church with strong preaching and less events. That'll bless your family. That'll bless you. Yeah. That, that, that'll bless your socks off if you actually do what James 1 says and not simply hear the word, but do what it says. Mm-hmm. You you will never regret. You will never regret that decision. But if you stay in a church that, that keeps your life running in circles like a hamster from all these events that you can't find in the Bible that takes you away from your responsibilities as home, as a father, and raising his children, teaching his children, loving his wife, shepherding his wife, because you're busy running to all these church-driven events that aren't even in the scriptures, You'll regret that. One day you'll grow up if you're a true believer and you'll look at that and go, oh my word, what have I done? Mm -hmm. Why didn't I, I hear it all the time, why didn't I, why didn't I find a church like this sooner? Mm -hmm. Why didn't I come to a church like this sooner? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's, yeah, do whatever you got to do to find it and do whatever you got to do to get a part of it and go. You will not regret that. Definitely, sounds good. 
Well, we have uh, come to the end of this podcast. Um, thank you all for tuning in and listening. And uh, here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical gospel starts with God. Out of nothing, God made everything, including you and me, to bring himself much pleasure. His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey, and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, man has sinned against our loving creator and acted in rebellion. Since God is good and just, he must punish sin that deserves eternal conscious punishment under God's wrath in hell. But God, being merciful, loving, and gracious, had a plan to punish sin, and so be a just judge, and yet forgive sinners, and so display mercy, by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal son of God, to take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross, and he satisfied the eternal anger of God, standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless. God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone, everywhere, to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner, and no longer views him as an enemy, but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture, in every place, in every language through all time. So our response to this good news is repentance and faith. Dear hearer, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and this day be reconciled to God. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast and visit our website at BelcroftBibleChurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Belcroft Bible Church. Okay, folks, so I told you that there was going to be a special announcement at the end of the podcast, and here is a special announcement. Um, the Truth Talks podcast is a awesome opportunity for me, and awesome opportunity, sorry about my English there, and awesome opportunity for me to, uh, basically, I'm getting counseled by Matt. That's really what it is, and I'm able to record it, and you ask me, uh, separate from this podcast in person, uh, over the phone and an email, I will tell you the exact same thing every single time. Now, the challenge is the uh, amount of time it takes to do the podcast. Uh, there is a lot that goes into it. Uh, time out of my schedule, time out of Matt's schedule. And uh, then there's also editing time. So uh, there are a couple of things that I would like to uh, do uh, with the podcast and um, for that I will need a little bit of a break so for the rest of the month of May uh, I won't be doing any podcast and probably into June as well 
also what will probably be happening is this will probably be the very last truth talks podcast that is a spoken one uh, with matt and myself um (laughs) i know that's kind of a shock to you but uh i think you'll get over it because what i'm about to say will help you uh i will be doing a different podcast uh it will be matt and myself um but it will be a different podcast but that is going to take some time uh there have been some some things that I kind of wanted to change from the beginning, uh, like our name. If you go to any of the podcast pa- platforms currently uh, and you search The Truth Talks, there are a ton of different uh, names that are there uh, because it's just, you know, it, it's The Truth Talks or The Truth or Truth Talks is like, you know, it's just there, like so many of them. And I want it to be a little different. We have, I have to be a little different uh, in order for people to, that when they're looking for our podcast, that they can find it easily. So uh, revamping, uh, rebranding, uh, those types of things are going to take place in this time frame as well. So um, I will put it out there for people that if you have any suggestions, please don't bombard me in person. Please email them to me at the truth talks podcast at gmail.com yes i'll use that one for a little bit uh, but sure please email me any suggestions for a name um i just want something and i'm looking for something that is not already used or that's, that's close to it you know i want to be able that when people search for this podcast that we will be doing that it is separate that it's like oh this is the only one that pops up with the name that's similar No other name pops up. So that's kind of where I am. Uh, This is getting into vacation season as well. So Matt uh, and his uh, family uh, and my family are all taking vacations, not all together, um, but we are taking vacations uh, here in the coming months. So that kind of plays into it as well. So summertime will be really, really light for the Truth Talks podcast, if you haven't noticed that already. Uh, But this does not mean that you all cannot send me your questions i have one question that i want to tackle with matt that i had someone uh hit me up about and i am eager to learn about this uh, subject um so i'm gonna ask him that question later but it'll be in a different format on a different podcast so i'm not giving up i'm not quitting uh i'm just adjusting and pivoting to go to a different style of podcast and Actually, it's going to be the same style. I can't even say that. I mean, it's going to be the same style. Matt and, I, my, and Matt and myself talking, but with just, you know, a rebranding. So hope that doesn't depress you. Uh, if you need some suggestions for other podcasts to listen to, here you go. There's a ton of them. Uh, one that I would highly recommend, obviously, and I've you know mentioned it uh, even on uh, the last podcast was, uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> I'm looking at it. Oh, Just Thinking Podcast. Uh, with uh, Daryl Harrison and Virgil Omaha Walker. Um, definitely would recommend you listen to that one. Also another podcast uh, called Abide. Uh, that's with uh, Natalie and, and Katie. Uh, that's a great podcast for you ladies to listen to. Um, also, obviously, Wretched with Todd Friel. Um, I'm literally just looking at my list of podcasts that I am um that I'm subscribed to that I would obviously just highly recommend to you all. 
Um, I, I really, really like Renewing Your Mind with R.C. Sproul. I listen to that all the time. Relatable with Ali Beth Stuckey. Um, the Sword and the Trial is a, an amazing podcast. That one is uh, with uh, Jared Longshore and uh, Tom Askell uh, from uh, Cape Coral, Florida. That is an amazing one. Um, and I cannot forget one of my favorite podcasts is the uh, the Pastor Soapbox by Seymour Helliger. Uh, I'm giving you some 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 something to chew on while we are getting ourselves back together, and then you can come back. Sheologians, five minutes in church history. Um, I mean, the Men of the Word sermon podcast is a must for every single man in our church. Uh, it is actually a combination of Grace Community Church sermons, um, you know, just for the men. Uh, it is absolutely amazing. I, I would highly recommend that. Uh, WWT with Gabriel Hughes, Pastor Gabriel Hughes out of, uh, he was out of Kansas. Now he's out of Texas. Uh, he's at a different church now. And obviously the Grace Pulpit Sermon Podcast. Uh, I would highly recommend that. So I have tons uh, more that I can share share with you. If you want to reach out and ask me about them, feel free to. But as far as Truth Talks podcast, uh, like I said, uh, I might do some other podcasts. I have like one or two more kiddicisms to put out. And, you know, the gospel, obviously, I want to do. I'm always planning to do like a big, you know, gospel presentation with all of the gospels that have been done in every single language. Uh, but that takes time. And uh, part of the what's happening right now is just a lot of stuff going on. So I hope that doesn't depress you. I hope that your day is still uh, fulfilled uh, because you're relying in Christ and not this podcast. <laughs> this is literally a supplement to or a compliment to uh, what you are already or should already be getting uh, in your home church. Um, if you're not at a good home church, I just did two podcasts on why you should be either staying at your church or leaving your church. Uh, but obviously this is, like I said, it's a supplement to that. And, uh, this is just an extra encouragement. Uh, hopefully you get some encouragement from, uh, you know, the, the shepherd, the under shepherd, the slave of the good shepherd, uh, you know, sowing into my life as he has, uh, has, has answered that call to do. And so, um, I do appreciate everyone listening. I do appreciate you all hanging with me. And uh, when we come back, it's going to be better than ever. And uh, I look forward to it. And uh, don't forget to send any topics in. I mean, we'll, I'll have, you know, more time to talk about certain topics and uh, those and you know things of that nature. Um, but this is going to be just kind of like a pause uh, in uh, this whole uh, this whole journey here. And then we're going to regroup and then go to, you know, on another path, uh, but similar path. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, this was the truth talks podcast and I appreciate you all listening. Take care.